Hello out there in my lovely world of being imperfectly perfect. This is your favorite friend, Agent K. And I am dropping another one. Yes, another one on you. As usual, it's wonderful to hear from you. It's wonderful to speak to you again on this lovely day. In the middle of a heat wave right here, but I stay under the air, so... I don't feel that heat too much. But before we get into the tea, can we just drop a like or subscribe on this podcast so that we can all be in the know when a new episode drops? (laughs) Thank you. So I think we're going into Project Triple R that I had introduced a while ago. Um, it's called Rediscover, Renew, Reclaim. And um, I took my first step in that process. Well, actually, it's my second step. My first step was actually going to do the most simplest thing. And it was something that I haven't done in the whole pandemic. And that is getting my hair cut and dyed to go back to my normal self. (laughs) I know that sounds so mundane, but being in the pandemic with the hair that I had, and some of you are probably looking at yourself in the mirror right now and looking at your hair and saying, Yeah, I get what you're saying, sis. I haven't gotten this hair done either. Or I slapped some braids in it, but I know once I take out these braids, the truth will come out like the plague. But the whole point was that I wanted to basically renew myself and rediscover who I was again. So it had to start from the outside in. So the first step was basically going to my beautician and getting my hair cut. Now she had mentioned she hadn't seen me in two years and what the hell did I do to my hair? I'm not going to lie to you guys. I had taken the scissors to my own head at one point. Yes, I did. And that was the biggest mistake I ever made because she's one of my Facebook friends. And once I contacted her she said girl get your butt in my chair as soon as possible so I got my butt in her chair as soon as possible so next thing I know we were shaping and dying and treating and all that great stuff and I am presently happy with the hair that I have at this moment So I am very, very happy with the hair. So that was step number one. And I did that right before my birthday on July 18th, which was awesome. On July 19th, I started looking at myself medically. Outside the hair, I knew medical was going to be the biggest obstacle for me because over all these years I've been a hard-headed 
person when it came to what was going on with me medically. And I should have just been real with myself. I am a sick woman. And it took 44 years for me to actually say that out loud, let alone on a podcast. So, hi guys. I am Agent K and I'm a sick woman. So I went to the doctor. Well, before I went to the doctor, I went and got some blood work that had been hanging around for like two months for me to do. I got the blood work back. Knowing that I had to go to the doctor on the 19th, went to the doctor on the 19th of July for him to tell me how sickly I am. And it wasn't just him by himself. But once I looked at the test results, because the the most wonderful thing and, and most worst thing that many of these hospitals have done these days is this my chart. And I like my chart and I hate my chart. Because my chart will give you your test results. And they will tell you before you even see the doctor how sick you are. So they got this little simple system. Green, you're good. Green, you're low. Yellow, you're good. Red, you're bad. So when I did all the blood tests and it was checking for all my vitamins and all this other stuff. I was always in the red. I'm like, Dag, great, wonderful. And I'm actually looking at these test results the day of the appointment to the point where I'm like, do I really need to go to the doctor for him to tell me how sick I am? And I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, I know I'm a sick woman. And he just laughed at me. He was like, okay, so let's be real here. Some of these iron deficiencies is because... You have been basically quarantined inside for almost a year. Most of the public has this. So the vitamin D deficiency, most of the public has because they've been, unless they have been going to work every day and having sunlight hit them, most of the, most of the population is going to have this deficiency. So I felt a little better after that. (laughs) But I will tell you, He does have me on a vitamin regimen right now every day and I am almost 30 days in and it has became second nature. Uh, A lot of the things that I was like always tired, didn't feel like doing work and stuff like that, you know, because of the vitamins, I can see a difference. One the two things that really... Well, really didn't scare me, but drew my concern. The first one was fatty. What what the doctor and maybe my ears only heard said was fatty blood. So there have been a lot of blood. Well, a lot of fat in my blood. And when he said that to me, it, it, it kind of hit me hard and it scared me because here we're looking at my father who died of complications from diabetes and 
heart issues and stroke and it made me wonder is this how he died you know is this the step to having a stroke or having um, a heart attack and yeah and then for the last 20 years I will say of my life I have always since I've been diagnosed with diabetes I've also have always spilled um, uh, sugars in my urine is the best way to say it so there's nothing no medication they have put me on that could ever stop that so now you know I'm 40 something I'm taking things a little more serious with my life so now I'm taking medication more serious and and realizing medication is now going to be one of my good friends for the rest of my life do I want it to be a good friend of mine not really is it a good friend of mine I guess so So I'm on all these medications and I have to constantly remind myself that I am doing this because I want to be healthy. I want to make a change, not only in my attitude and my mental health, but also for my physical health as well as my surroundings. So that's what this project is all about. It's about doing all those things. And it's it can be very difficult because now you're changing your whole life around. The I mean the other thing with me is that I know all these things that is going on with my life medically stems from being overweight. And I'm not going to lie, I gained some poundage, poundage, thanks to the pandy. And the pandy was not a friend of mine, like he wasn't a friend to a lot of people. Um, because of that, I mean, it's not even because, on top of already being overweight, Now I got the extra poundage from the pandy. So we're going to call that pandy weight. I had already made up my mind. And and probably that's the good thing about the pandemic. Gave me more time to just sit down and sit my behind down and think. I had already made up my mind that I wanted to do the weight loss surgery. My insurance would not cover it. They pointed me to medical weight loss, which is fine. I met with that doctor last week. And outside of my main doctor and my um, diabetic doctor, she actually, I don't know what the hospital that I'm affiliated with is doing lately, but they are actually hiring doctors that actually listen 
and want to spend time with you and get to the bottom of things. Or maybe I'm just getting to the age where they're like, oh, she's old and we need to listen to her. Who knows? But um, now it's uh, gotten to the point where I am seeing this doctor. Um, had my first appointment with her last week. And I admitted to her I was nervous because I didn't know what she was going to tell me. But she didn't add on to my plate more than I can hold. So she's in the middle of getting all my medications reevaluated because of the diabetes. One thing I learned while I was in her, her uh, virtual room was that everybody wants me to lose weight. I want to lose weight. But because I'm on all these different insulins and I'm on four different types of insulin, two are which are pill form and two are which, excuse me, three are pill form. No, I was right. Two of which are pill form and two are injections. How am I supposed to lose weight when these medications could contribute to the weight gain? Which I kind of figured in the long, in, in the beginning when they first told me that I had to take these medications for diabetes and maybe that's why I was, you know, being bullheaded against it. But she is going to work with all my doctors, have a counsel, um, consultation with all my doctors and we're going to, they're going to put a plan together for not only for my diabetes to get better controlled, but also so that I can lose weight. Meanwhile, I have to take a hormone blood test. Now the hormone blood test is to find out that is find out if my weight gain has to do with my hormones. In other words, is there something in my DNA or in my hormones that is not working correctly so that it can help me lose the weight rather than gain the weight. Now, this was only brought up because my mother was heavy and so was my grandmother. But my mother didn't start off heavy. And neither did my grandmother, to tell the truth. Both of them, for their time and their youth and their age, were very beautiful women. My grandmother was more svelte and shapely. She kind of, her body shape when she was young kind of reminded me of Marilyn Monroe because she was, she, she, in my mind's eye, when I think about her as a child, had the classic hourglass shape, the shape that I would die for. I would love an hourglass shape. Either hourglass or Jessica Rabbit. Sorry, the cartoon, not the porn star. Or do I, do I want to do, and then my mom, when she was young, 
was really thin. She was real thin. She didn't start gaining weight until after she had me. And even then, when she, when, after she had three kids, she she had the classic hourglass. My mom didn't really gain weight, weight. And same with my grandmother until it was, um, after my grandmother didn't gain weight until after I hit 15. And that's when she really started putting on the pounds. My mom didn't start gaining weight until I was like in my late teens, early 20s. And that's when she really put on the pounds. So a lot of this may have to do with biology. And then my dad, he was always real thin. Except when he was, it was summertime and then all of a sudden he'd get a pot belly. And then the pot belly would disappear by October. And my brothers kind of follow that same MO, you know, they like to be really thin. They don't like being big, but during the summertime, for some reason, they'll get pot bellies like my dad. My sister, she was really, really thin until she started gaining weight when she got ill. That's the only time she really gained weight. She had hips, but not, but, and she wasn't as heavy until after she had gotten ill. So it could be all this to say, it could be hormonal. It could be biological. So now that I'm doing this project on myself, I am thinking about all these things and getting more conscious of all these things and all of a sudden I'm like okay this is this is too this is too close to home so now I have to figure out how I'm going to do this how is this going to work out so I'm glad that I have this team behind me to basically work with me now the reason why I'm sharing it with everybody And really, I shouldn't share it with everybody, but I'm sharing it with everybody because I feel like this is something that in our communities that we don't want to talk about mental health and medical health and, and, and medical health. And I mean, there's some people in our culture that are still called diabetes. I got a little sugar. Really people? It's diabetes. And we don't take our medication and we don't want to be known as sickly. Maybe that's a cultural thing. I hope it isn't, by the way. But I think it's very important that we start having frank talks about our medical and mental health status. So, for instance, I speak to somebody every week. And he's absolutely wonderful. He's he really helps me get to the bottom of things. And it's not because I have a mental health diagnosis, which I don't. It's all because I need mental health maintenance. And when I was in graduate school for social work, I was told there will be a time that you may need men- you may need someone to speak to. And it's okay. 
And that was the first time, to tell you the truth, that I've heard those words, that it was okay to have someone to talk to who is not the Lord Jesus Christ, the pastor, or someone in church. So it, it was, it was refreshing. So I actually started seeing somebody while I was in graduate school because graduate school was a lot. After I got out of graduate school and I had a very not so great, um, supervisor, I went back into therapy and I have been seeing this current therapist for a little over a year and I am not going to lie. I am at times I feel more mentally strong than I used to. And I, I, I thank God he's been there, especially during this time in the pandemic where I was bouncing off the walls and thought I was losing my mind. I, I, I want to thank him for being there. <laughs> but I think we need to talk about these things. We definitely need to talk about these things. We need to be open about these things. We need to be open with our partners. We need to be open with our friends. I'm not going to lie. There are certain things I have not shared with my friends that I have shared with my therapist. And that's mainly because I don't know how they will take it. We all try to show this outer casing that we got it all together. We don't. There's something lacking. There's always something lacking. And it's awesome that I have someone to speak to. I think it's a good thing that I decided to do for myself because I wasn't going to do it. And when my mind did not feel like it was mine anymore, I made sure I got someone to speak to. And this is what this project is all about. It's all about how can we get ourselves back mentally, physically, and medically. And once we get that together, we're able to basically get our outside together. So I have a homework assignment for all of you guys. Who is on your team? That is the question. And I'm going to answer that question in the next podcast. So who is on your team? Who is basically... And, and, and if you have to switch people because they're yes men... Switch them because we don't need no yes men in our team. What we need are people who are going to hold our feet to the fire. So I have a therapist who holds my feet to the fire. I have a doc. I have a medical team who is holding my feet to the fire and I hold their feet to the fire as well. Because I'm not going to continue to do everything you tell me to do and it's not working. So we need to find other ways on your team could be friends. It could be family, but you got to make sure they understand when they find out stuff about you, 
Okay? When they find out stuff about you, that they cannot hold it against you. Because holding it against you is not going to help the situation. And vice versa. When you find out things about them, you can't hold it against them. All of the whole process of this project is basically we're going to learn from each other. We're going to grow. We're going to make ourselves better. It's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. So if you rebuild your life, if you rebuild your self, think of all the positivity that will come. And I think I'll leave it at that. I would love to hear your point of view of this and how you feel about this. Please, please, please feel free to contact me. We have um, Perfectly Imperfect Podcast at Outlook.com. You can catch me on Twitter, K of LDA or ImperfectPod at ImperfectPod or at K of LDA. Or you can always share this podcast with others. And basically share, like, and subscribe. The more people who subscribe, the more I know that you are enjoying what we have put out. What I have put out to the masses. I will see you next week. This is Agent K. Out.